because those could be interesting. I don't know exactly what they might be, but I have a feeling it's probably not your typical, you know, save a little money, exercise a little more. Chris's list is probably a little more eclectic. You should text us. Just text us I'm gonna, his I'm full gonna list. I'm going to text him right now. I'm going to ask him what's, uh, what's on his list because I'm a little curious. I'm not going to lie. He should join us. He should join us on our mission to be Navy SEALs in 2022. It, at the height of my physical abilities, say, I don't know, 21, 22 years old, yep. I wouldn't have lasted four minutes in in SEAL training. Not I, not one of the runs, not one of the swims, not, mm-hmm. not one thing at one point in my life would that have been a doable operation. They would just tell me, okay, I need everybody to just line up right here uh, and go by your last name, and I'd be in the P line. Like, I would I would screw that one up right out the gate. Say, all right, get him out here. He's an idiot. Well, is it is it the seals? I think it is. Where when you quit, you ring the bell. Like I'm out. You know, you you go and you ding the bell, and I'm. I would have said, all right, day one, and I'd be in the corner. Ding 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 ding. I'd be like one of the Salvation Army guys trying to get people's attention <laughs> to drop money in the bucket outside I, the I grocery quit. store. Yeah, that's uh, he's good exactly. for this. He's great. Exactly. For this. So, what's up with Antonio Brown? I mean, I, I, we know that he's got all sorts of stuff, right? That you, One of my favorite words, Al, you've heard me say this a million times, deals, right? The guy's got a deal. We all have them. You have them. I have them. Everybody's got them. We've all got little peculiarities that we, we deal with with our own personalities, but mm-hmm. he's got more than his fair share. Um, I've never uh, – do you guys remember the movie Slapshot by chance? Yeah. The Paul Newman movie? Mm-hmm. Remember the final scene where the guy takes off his – uniform and starts skating around the rink in his underwear. Yep. It's basically what Antonio Brown did yesterday. He quit in the middle of the game, stripped off his uniform, threw it into the crowd, and jogged off the field into the tunnel. And it just was surreal. And the weirdest thing about it, Al, was that when you heard it, I was you know obviously watching the Rams game when the news broke, yeah. <laughs> and I was both like shocked, like, wait, what? And Oh, yeah, that sounds like something Antonio Brown would do. Is it possible to be simultaneously shocked and not surprised at all that somebody did something? Because that's yeah. what it felt like. Yeah, I mean, if you if you feel like if it was a different player that, um, you know, just came out of left field, you'd be like, what the heck, you know, right? So th- this is a little bit different of a situation. I think the fact that it was Antonio Brown, maybe it wasn't as much of a surprise. You know, I found interesting, Trav. I, listen, I'm not following Antonio Brown's career, so I and I don't know what – if he's got a lot of things going on personally. But I thought on social media it was interesting because as many people that would say, oh, this here's Antonio Brown again, there was one or two people that would say, man, this dude really needs help. Like yeah. he needs some type of help, which it wasn't just a, oh, it was just a random player doing this again. I felt like there was also sympathy for him, you know, on social. And I and that's me, again, just observing from the outside, not knowing much about, yes, you know, do, do I follow him when he was in Pittsburgh and when he – no, I'm not following every single game of his, but every time you hear something about Antonio Brown – um, usually it hasn't been the most positive news, at least if it's coming off the football field. I thought that part was interesting, that there were a lot of people that were going out of their way to say, hey, there's something wrong with this dude. He needs help. But you're right. It's one of those moments where everything that happened yesterday in the NFL, the top story in the NFL was Antonio Brown. 
Yeah, it, it it's and you're right, Al. I, I I fall into that category. I was shocked by it, but at the same time, Antonio Brown needs help. I, I don't think that there's any question about that. That the, the that sort of behavior, his inability to control his emotional state frequently is troublesome. And and I don't know why he can't. I don't know if it's some sort of illness that he has. I don't know if there's something going on inside of him that he hasn't quite figured out or a doctor hasn't diagnosed. I don't know. I, I we could speculate, but I'm, I'm not going to do that. That behavior is so strange that it's it, it's hard not to say, hey, that wasn't just a temper tantrum, right? There, there wasn't there wasn't a moment leading up to it where there's been a million different stories about he was benched and he was told to go back in and he said he wasn't healthy. That that Okay, fine. But there wasn't a blow-up moment. He just kind of – he and Mike Evans were having a conversation. You could see Evans kind of saying, Evans hey, trying calm, to kind of – Calm, calm uh, down. Take, yeah, take it easy. Mm-hmm. And then you could just see Evans kind of say, oh, nothing I can do here. And he was gone. Hmm. It, it was so bizarre. Like, And, and, and we, this will be a good way to transition into the Rams right here. Odell Beckham Jr. has had all sorts of moments where he's been emotional. Right where he's kicking the field goal net, where he's you know he's he's going crazy, but if Odell Beckham Jr., I would be shocked if he did something like that. You know what I mean? There, there's a level of emotions that guys have where they get emotional, they make bad decisions, they have arguments, they get into screaming matches. Then fine, whatever. And then there's that. Then there's t- stripping off your uniform in the middle of a game and walking away. It's just it's troublesome. It, it, it was weird and shocking but it was upsetting on a level just to see him melt down like that and i don't know what happens from here for his career right maybe this is that's the last time we'll ever see him play in the nfl who knows Uh, anything could happen but i'd be curious if we get a chance to hear from him at all if he says anything about it if he you know maybe he goes on ig live and does something i I have no idea right but (laughs) he will if he does something to just kind of Maybe there's more to the story, but uh, yeah, that's, that's it, this was week 17 of the NFL. There are so many playoff implications. There are great performances going on, and that's the top story of yesterday by far. Like that's you're not starting any sports broadcast yesterday without talking about Antonio Brown. And it was a really weird situation predicament on a Tampa Bay football team who won the Super Bowl, who are, are trying to stay in the thick or on top of, uh, uh, at least in the mix here in the NFC. And it's just, that's the storyline that came out of it. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. And, and let's go back to OBJ for a second. Mm-hmm. When they acquired him from Cleveland, it was kind of a, eh, all right, I mean, let's see, who knows, maybe. Nothing to lose. Uh, nothing to lose, exactly. Yep. Mm-hmm. And then Robert Woods goes down and says, oh, we're going to need him, but give him some time to get up to speed because it's a new system, it's a new quarterback, et cetera, et cetera. Thank God, Al. <laughs> Thank goodness because he was fantastic yesterday. The, the, the pass that Matthew Stafford threw him on fourth and five was a 10 out of 10. And so was the catch. It's a little bit behind him. He's getting pulled down as he goes. He has to hold his position. He has to make sure that he's on the right side of that first down marker. Everything about that needed to be perfect, and he was. And and I don't know if there are too many guys in the league. There may be, what, five or six receivers in the in the whole league that make that play like that? And he was one of them. He got just a great play by Beckham. He saved them yesterday. And he uh, sure listen, did. I, I think in, obviously Stafford's got to put the ball in the right place, and he did, but – that's not an easy catch to make. And I was actually listening to the radio broadcast um, when that was happening, and 
um, it's it's one thing to hear it. It's another thing when you get a chance to actually see it. So they're doing their absolute best to describe what a difficult catch that was. That he, uh, it, it's it wasn't a it wasn't the smoothest play, but he makes a tough catch in a critical moment. Then he ends up scoring the touchdown that gives the Rams the win. Um, yeah, the the Rams have have kind of put themselves in a position here where you look at their record, just the record alone. If I if I just said that, hey, Trav, before the season started, will you take this? And and I showed to you that their record is twelve and four. You'd be sitting back saying, "Damn, this went exactly as planned." They went out and got Matt Stafford. This was going to be the difference of them trying to get back to the Super Bowl and potentially winning it this year. Um, they're twelve and four, and they've won five games in a row. But I think there are a lot of more storylines to it, as as any record would, you know, obviously indicate. But the the plays by Beckham yesterday still gives them this opportunity where they control their own destiny to win the division. I think what you said, I, I yeah, there are extenuating circumstances beyond would you take 12 and 4, but at the end of the day, Al, I'll take 12 and 4. Has Matthew Stafford played poorly at times? Yeah, he has. Has he been great at times? Yep. Would you take 12 and 4 knowing all of those things? Absolutely. Because as we sit here with one game to go in the regular season, the Rams are good enough to beat anybody. The flip side is the Rams have a, a quarterback who's turning the ball over at a rate that's upsetting, right? That he has four pick sixes this year. Jared Goff had four pick sixes in his entire Rams career. Hmm. He's second in the NFL in interceptions. The only person that's thrown more is Trevor Lawrence, who's a rookie. So there's some things that make you go, eh. But look, Bill Parcells said it a million years ago, and it's still true. You are what your record says you are. And the Rams are 12-4. and four. It's hard to win games in the NFL. It's hard to win road games in the NFL. They've won two in a row and turning it over three times in each of those games. I think it, as bad as Stafford has been in moments in those games, generally speaking, what a, what a couple of weeks for the Rams. They turned over six times and won both of the games. You know how hard that is to do? You know how good you need to be to do those sorts of things? I, I guess it depends on the, on the way you're looking at it, but – as bad as he was in a couple of those games, that they won them both is extraordinary. But that that's the point, Trav, is you, you go up against, and I'm not saying, here's the thing, those are two road games. Minnesota's going to be a tough environment. They had something to play for. Baltimore's going to be a tough environment. Uh, they had something to play for. And, and Lamar Jackson's not there, so we obviously point that out. Um, but these are two teams that had something to play for. The problem is when you get to the postseason – and the quality of opponent gets better. And I know I don't need to tell you this or remind you this, but they're not – when you say that they can win it all or they could get bounced in the first round, that that's not the steadiness that I think you need for a football franchise. Matt Stafford has shown in these last couple of weeks – um, it's incredibly scary walking into the playoffs. It's incredibly scary going up against the San Francisco 49ers in this final game because, you know, there's been certain quarterbacks. Of course, there's only uh, – you don't have a Joe Montana. You don't have a Tom Brady. You don't have – there's certain quarterbacks. Yeah, that's the elite of the elite. But you also don't have to be that type of quarterback to win it all. And I, I think one of the things that's scary about Matt Stafford, six turnovers, yeah, you're right. They did find a way to win it in uh, two games in a row with six turnovers. You have a performance like that in the playoffs where the competition's better, you're not walking away with a W. You're just not. You're, you're right. You're, you're right. But let me ask you this. Is there any team of the 14 teams are going to make the – yep. I'm putting Green Bay in there. I'm putting Kansas yep. City in there. All of them. Mm-hmm. Is there any team that you would be stunned if they lost their first game? I wouldn't. 
I just wouldn't because we've seen it all season long. Kansas I think City, I would be. I Kansas think I City would be. Lost to Cincinnati yesterday. And Cincinnati's a good team, but everyone yeah. in the world thought they were going to win that game. Uh, we've we've seen really Packers. Good teams. I would be surprised. Packers. I'd be surprised I, if they lost their first game. I, I I mean, Aaron Rodgers has been as good as anybody that's mm-hmm. ever played that position. He's been to the Super Bowl once. You know, mm-hmm. Ben Roethlisberger's been three times. Russell Wilson's been a couple of times. Guys that are far less accomplished than Aaron Rodgers have gone there multiple times, and a- the- A-Rod's got one of those. It's that, That's why with him, I, I think he's the favorite. I, I don't yeah. think there's any question that he's the favorite, but who's going to be, let's say they would play probably the fourth team, right? Let's say yep. that that's Tampa or Dallas. Tampa or Dallas could go into Green Bay and win that game easily. But easily. I, I, I think I think the one thing that you just mentioned right out the gate, right, the, the, the thing, and we could hit on this more here when we come back, but one of the things you mentioned right there, Trav, was – the quarterbacks that you just mentioned, all those quarterbacks, they're not going to have. And all, all I'm saying this with Matt Stafford, you just got to be more responsible. You I, Again, I'm going to go back. You have any game like that in the playoffs where anything even remotely close to what you just accomplished, where you turn over the ball in the red zone, that you give up a pick seven, that's usually a recipe for a loss in the postseason. That's the only concern there. Um, okay, today's stat hero of the day is Cooper Cup. We're going to get a chance to talk about Cooper Cup here in a second. 1,829 yards this season surpasses uh, Isaac Bruce's single-season receiving yards. That's a record uh, that Isaac Bruce set back in 1995. He's been amazing. Stat Hero, the exclusive Daily Fantasy app partner of the Travis and Sliwa Show. Stat Hero is the first ever Daily Fantasy sportsbook that gives the player the advantage. Go to stathero.com slash 710ESPN for 100% deposit match. Yeah, he's got a chance to break the all-time single-season yardage record, too. If he has a big game against San Francisco, he could catch Calvin Johnson. I get that there's an extra game, but it's still still going to be the record along the way. All right, it's not Cooper Cup. It's not Jalen Ramsey. It's not even Aaron Donald. It's not Matthew Stafford. I'm going to tell you who the Rams MVP so far this season has been. That's coming up next. It's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. How are the holiday eats, Al? That, that little uh, intro there made me think about all the food that got consumed over the break. How'd you do? Did you stay Solid. in your shoes? Um, no, but you know what? It was it was fine. It is what it is. You know, it, listen, you start getting around, a lot of home cooking. Yeah. You know, you're looking around and... It's 10 o'clock at night, and you haven't eaten since 5.45. You know, you start thinking about, well, what's next? What do we do from here? Do we just have a glass of water and apple and go to bed, or do we celebrate like it's Thanksgiving again? And I did that a few times. <laughs> that, the pizza's only a phone call away. I don't care if it's 10.45. There's somebody that will deliver that pie. It could Somebody's be here by 11.30. <laughs> you, you know, you got to find your way. Are you, You're not a big sweets guy, right? Um, no, not typically. I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll, I'll eat some stuff. There, there was a box of, of almonds in the house that had some sort of like sweet glaze on them. I've eaten sure. about 900 pounds yeah, yeah, of those. So yeah, those, aren't, those are those pretty aren't, good. Those aren't good to have around the house. You know, the worst is you go to Costco or something and everything comes in bulk as we know, and no boxes for, or no bags for some reason. Um, 
Trev, when you get like something sweet from Costco <laughs> and there's so much of it and now you feel like, oh, well, I don't want it to go to waste. Like you start sure. kind of creating things in your own head. Um, yeah, there, there was a lot of damage over the last week and a half or so. So we go to the Rose Bowl every year, the Rogers family, and sometimes it's a small group. How cool was that? How, how great was that game? Amazing game. Just just bonkers how back and forth that game was. But we do a little picnic, a little tailgate before, and it's, you know, sometimes it's kind of elaborate and sometimes it's it's kind of basic. This was more towards the basic side this year, but my, uh, my oldest son's girlfriend comes with us. And she said, oh, is there anything I can bring? And I said, oh, no, no, you don't, you don't have to bring it. She goes, no, I have to bring something. Let me, let me bring something. I said, okay, you know, because in the game, I like to have uh, – Emily is familiar with this because she's seen me do it at Rams game. I like to have a little M&Ms as I'm watching a football game. It's just something that I personally enjoy. Yep, you get and that, so I, uh, you get that um, the family size pack or whatever, and you <laughs> eat it to yourself during the Rams game. Yes, we Basically, know Basically, that. that's true. Yes. So I said to Sarah, I said, you know what you can bring is you can bring um, the M&Ms for the game. And she okay, great, great, great. So we get, we get to the tailgate, and she has what you just described, not just the box of M&Ms or the family size bag. It's the Costco tub. Uh, of M&Ms. Yeah. <laughs> there there had to be 5,000 M&Ms in that thing. So, yeah, it, it, when there's a little bit more than you need, sometimes you go a little bit further. Yeah. No, that's But you know what? I, it's kind of funny because I, I was, like everybody, was so disappointed in the college football playoff. Right? It the, the, yeah, it and sucked. it was, here's the thing. Not only did it suck, it was just like, yeah, why don't we just have an SEC tournament and well, let's just, let's leave it at that. Let's, look. let's, let's get all the little guys out of the way here. Let's kind of, let's separate the, uh, the uh, the the boys from the men. Tell, um, tell me what you think about this because yeah. look, the college football playoff is better than what we had. Right, Cincinnati the, the, played closer to Bama than Michigan no, played no to question. Georgia. No question about it. But mm-hmm. we're getting there's there's no question that the two best college football teams are Alabama and Georgia. There, mm-hmm. There's no debate, mm-hmm. and we're going to get them playing for the national championship a week from today. That's good, right? The problem with all of that is it has rendered almost everything else completely irrelevant. As much fun as the Rose Bowl was, and I loved every minute of it, you we you knew I knew Ohio State and Utah aren't competing with those two teams. Hmm. They're just they're just not. They're just not good enough. And Ohio State has been good enough on, but not that team. And you're watching these games, and unless you get a barn burner like you got at the Rose Bowl, which was was a forty eight to forty five or, or something, I forget what the final score was, but unless you get something like that, just back and forth with ten touchdowns, what am I looking at? Because the rest of those bowl games were dreadful. So the the rest of the games were, but I will say that um I think sometimes, like, I, I was able to watch the Rose Bowl, which is just, uh, you know, how many t- different times do they have just the setting of it? And it's, it's just, like, it really is. Like, the whole setup for the, the Rose Bowl, and then the game is actually good. More often and you than got not, a, it's a good game, yeah. You have a Pac-12 team represented who ends up choking away a, a W, which it seems to be the theme as well. So I was able to separate knowing that these are not the elite of college football. They're just not. But it could still be a really good game, and I think that's why I enjoyed the game. But the reality is, yeah, it is. Uh, SEC is just a league of their own. Yeah, they're on a, another level. Pac-12 went O for bowl season. They lost yeah. every game. Yeah, just, <laughs> well uh, done, fellas. Yeah, just uh, <laughs> awesome. Really great representation for uh, for the Pac-12. Lincoln Riley's probably like, I, if I don't win this conference every year, what in the world am I? What am I doing here? I, they didn't I win did. a single bowl game. You know, it's funny. I did think about that watching the Ohio State Utah game. I'm just kind of sitting back, and I'm like, man, Lincoln Riley's probably thinking here, okay, 
I don't got to play any of the SEC teams anymore, right? Okay, maybe there's a non-conference game every once in a while. I don't have to play them. I got uh, a Pac-12 that was represented by Utah, which, by the way, has represented the Pac-12 really well. They've done a fantastic job since they've been in the Pac-12. But that's the elite right now, and, you know, Oregon (laughs) is um, – they'll they'll continue to be in the mix of things, but damn, is he walking into a great situation. Travis Lee's brought to you by Goodyear, with you for every mile on the road to greatness. Goodyear, more driven. All right, the MVP of the Rams. There are a bunch of choices. Aaron Donald could be the MVP of the league. Jalen Ramsey's the best player at his position in the whole league. Uh, you've got what Cooper happened Cup. yesterday with him? With Ramsey? Yeah. I, you know, I, the, the only part about that that was weird to me was when it happened. Not that it happened, but when it happened. Because it was like on the third or fourth play yeah, of the so game. so early. Right. <laughs> All of a sudden, because you see the way that the camera was positioned at the time, you see just this hand come in and smack Taylor Rapp upside yep. the head. Mm-hmm. And then you see him go back at the guy, and then you realize it was Jalen Ramsey who hit him. P- teammates fight all the time. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not unusual. It happens all the time. But you typically don't see it on the third play of the game. That was pretty weird. I don't. The answer is well, you see, I'm sure like somebody a did something conversation. they weren't supposed to do. Yeah, yeah, not a punch in the middle of the field. It was Throwing different. Haymakers, three and a half minutes into the game. Yeah, I was. They, hey, they won. I'm sure. I'm sure they sat next to each other on the plane and played hard or right. something. I, who knows? The MVP of this team, Sony Michelle. So th- think about this for a second. Sony Michelle got acquired because Cam Akers got hurt before yeah. camp even opened, right? Mm-hmm. And it was more just a, all right, we got Daryl Henderson, we'll slide him in. Sony Michelle can be the guy that backs him up, and we'll see how it goes. Doesn't know the system, doesn't know anything about it. He's a brand-new guy with very little time to get up to speed. Daryl Henderson is the guy, and Sony Michelle's not playing much at the beginning of the year. Daryl Henderson gets hurt because he does. That's you know It's been kind of his M.O. In, in, in the league so far. And now they go through that stretch where they lose three games in a row and nothing looks right, nothing's happening, Matthew Stafford's really struggling, the Rams aren't moving the ball, blah, blah, blah. Jacksonville, they give him the ball a bunch. After that, they give the ball a bunch to Arizona. They give Mm -hmm. him to Seattle a bunch. And all of a sudden, even yesterday, he didn't know he didn't go over 100 yards. Last week against Minnesota, he had 129, I think it was. They give him the ball enough now to where he's getting four or five yards a crack, but they're giving him the ball 15, 20, 22, 23 times a game. You can't defend the Rams one way the way that you were. Before, if you defended Cooper Cup and Robert Woods and you know whoever the Van Jefferson or Odell or whoever, yeah, all right, we got a chance. But now that you got to defend the run, they're just absolutely a different team with him in there. And Daryl Henderson never made it look like that. None of the other guys that they've had have made it look like that in recent years. He's been extraordinary for that team. So I don't think he's the MVP, but I know what you're saying. I know you're saying the significance of having a running game on this team specifically is uh, an incredible difference to what they can do. But, Trav, you know, it's funny. A couple, what was it, three, four weeks ago we were talking about, maybe even a little bit longer than that, it was the stubbornness of McVay and saying – Dude, you got to run the ball. You got to stop this whole. Well, not only am I going to win, but I'm going to try to win my way, and it's yep. got to be my way. Um, the the result is all that matters. Now he could start handing the ball off and and call for Sony Michelle's number, and he doesn't come through. That has not been the case. He has come through, and it does That's open it right up there. other opportunities. So I I get the value of of what you're referring to I, there. Go ahead. What you just said, I think, is why he is the because had they had no choice. 
Mm-hmm. Going into that Jacksonville game, they had to run the ball because they just had to beat Jacksonville, right? You you have to win that game. You're on a three-game losing streak. You hadn't won a game in the month of November. Nothing is working right. Nothing is working the way that you need it to do. We need to kind of hit the reset button. If Sony Michelle doesn't carry the water that he did that game, they're not going. They, they probably beat Jacksonville anyway, but they probably don't beat Arizona. They probably don't beat Seattle. They probably don't beat Minnesota. They probably don't win yesterday against Baltimore. Be, but because he's been so effective, Sean McVay, to your point, I, I think this is a little bit like Russell Westbrook. What makes these guys special, what makes Sean McVay a great coach, what makes Russell Westbrook a great NBA player, is that they believe that their way is the best way. And more often than not, they're right. They have an unflinching belief in themselves and their philosophy, their process, right? It's hard to say, you know what, I might not be doing it right. And when you get some feedback that says you're not doing it right and then you try it and it doesn't work, you're going to go right back to the way that you did it the first time. Mm -hmm. Michelle gave him that opportunity to say, you know what, we can run. We can give it to me over and over again. We can throw me the ball. We can go and not have to throw it 50 times a game we can run it 22 23 times a game it's been a game changer since he got going like that well they got it's man it's going to be such a good weekend coming up because you you got the obviously the rams and the 49ers and a lot at stake for the 49ers and for the rams hey you win this game you win the division and trav i know there's some positives to having the number two seed and there's some negatives and just that has to do with matchups but i don't think you could really pay too much attention to that you got to go try to get a win this weekend and then we got another game coming up that is the beginning of the playoffs. So let, let's get into that when we come back. Um, and can LeBron really carry this Lakers team? Let's forget about the playoffs for a quick second. Just through the regular season, how much is that going to take out of him? We'll do all that coming up next. Stay right here. This is the Travis and Sleeve Show on 710 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jets' signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jets Pizza. Better because it has to be. First of all, she is no longer the SAG-AFTRA president. Gabrielle Carteris is her real name, Chris. And if I were a bad guy, I would wish her a happy 74th birthday right now. (laughs) But I'm not. Just the fact that she was a little older than your average high school student when she was playing a uh, 10th grader. It was uh, was an interesting character choice. That's all I'm saying. Couple years older. That's it. Just a couple years older. Decades older than a high school student. A couple decades. What are you going to do? You, you, you should probably, even though we're getting close to our one-year anniversary, Al, yeah. you should probably double down and uh, or double back, I should say, and say that your choice for Brenda as your favorite ah, character was a mistake and that you'd like to redo looking, it. Yeah, by far the best-looking girl there. Well, <laughs> that's not true either, but it, she, she, you could argue that she was the best character. because She was the she most important character. She not was the Brando. most important character. Dylan and Brando, get out of here. Um, she kind of carried the show. Where would the show be without her? By the way, did uh, did I understand this correctly? Is Cobra Kai back? It's yeah. So it, it debuted it on New Year's or? Eve. Yeah, okay. no, it's back for sure. Okay. It's been out. There's been some reviews. Uh, I have not had the the pleasure yet. Did you? You obviously didn't get a chance to see it either. No, I, I feel like uh, if I do go, if I do watch it, 
and I am caught up. I'm pretty sure I'm caught up. I, f- I feel like I need to go back to my mom's house, grab the old yearbook, um, you know, call a couple high school friends, read all the messages on the yearbook, the KIT this summer, and then watch it. I feel like I'm – I really genuinely feel like I'm 16 again when I watch that. It's not a good show unless Johnny's on it, and I can't wait to watch it. If, they, if there's, there's hate watching, right? And it's not quite a hate watch because I love the Johnny Lawrence scenes, but yep. everything that isn't Johnny Lawrence has got to go, unless it's Allie with an eye. If she wants to come back and be a regular part of it, I'm in for that too. She had a, yeah, she had a good little role coming back. Um, by the way, from what I understand, Daniel LaRusso um, is 80%. He's – the way they kind of balance this thing out, how do we get better ratings? How do we get more views? How do we get more people to come tune in? Where are they now? Where are they? They were YouTube. They're Netflix now? Are they Netflix yes. now? Netflix. Okay. Um, he will be in 80% of the scenes. So just know that it's more Daniel LaRusso, uh, not at the car dealership, at the dojo. <laughs> you mean the dojo that he opened up in his backyard yeah. that nobody wants to go to? <laughs> that dojo? <laughs> With the bonsai trees. Yeah, he's the worst. I look forward to Daniel beat, or getting beaten up by whether it's Terry Silver or Johnny <laughs> Lawrence or Martin Cove or whoever. I, I, if you're telling me that there's more one of the of greatest actors of our time, ass kicked, one of I'm the greatest actors of our time. Uh huh. Pacino, Hanks, and Macchio. <laughs> That's the uh, Mount Rushmore of uh, American actors of the 20th century. ESPN Radio is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. All guests appear via the Goodyear hotline. Playoffs Sunday night, right, Al? Chargers-Raiders, last regular season game of the year, but yeah. winner goes to the playoffs, loser goes home, assuming that we don't get any weird ties or anything like that. But what a great way to have the first week 18 in NFL history than have kind of a de facto playoff game as the very last game of the week. I love it. And, and, you know, the NFL, the game gets flexed to Sunday night, and the NFL, listen, it's this is what I think makes the NFL so great, and maybe the NBA is trying as best as they can. You know what was so interesting last season was this play-in tournament. It's like, wait a minute, this isn't even the playoffs Yet everyone's tuning in to see. Now, part of it was because it was Lakers and the Warriors. Yeah, in the LeBron first game, against right? Curry, it was LeBron right? and Steph, that uh, that matchup that they had. But this is two teams that are just fighting to make the playoffs. And I think what makes it significant here, look, if you're from Southern California, whether you're somebody from San Diego or somebody from L.A., the Raiders and the Chargers have always been a good matchup. It's an intriguing matchup. matchup. It's two franchises uh, that don't like each other. Um, and I think in this case, especially with the Chargers, there's always been this, well, the Chargers are going to charge her up, right? They're going to do something to screw it up. Well, it's not like the Raiders, who you're about to play, is the the most successful franchise over the last 20 years or anything along point. those lines. Right. So you almost got two franchises that are known for screwing things up, uh, facing each other to get to the postseason. And I, I just love the setting of this. This is in Vegas. Um, you said something earlier in the show. You said that what a what an awful season it would be for the Chargers if they lose this game and they don't make the playoffs. And let's just go back a couple weeks ago. They had the game against the Kansas City Chiefs. It was nationally televised. They should have won that game. And by the way, if they'd have won that game, they'd have been atop the division. Mm-hmm. And then before you blink – they lose to the Texans. Then they find themselves <laughs> scratching and clawing 
to just get into the postseason. And and the Raiders, who we were making fun of because they thought three, four weeks ago that it'd be a good idea to stomp on the logo in Kansas City against the Chiefs, and then they lose 48-9. to They've came out and they've won three games in a row. And the win yesterday against the Colts in Indy was incredibly impressive. So it's making up to be a great game, and I think there's going to be a lot of folks, not just across the country, but in Southern California, that'll be excited about the game. No moral victories in pro sports. They don't exist. That being said, if the Raiders lose the game, there's still some stuff that you can look at and feel halfway decent about. The fact that they'll have a winning record for the first time in a while. The fact that they had as much controversy and tragedy in their building as they did this year, and they still found a way to stay alive to the very last weekend, I think is a testament to the guys on that team and the coaching staff that remains after John Gruden left. There is no of that with the Chargers because the Chargers have a franchise quarterback. So what everybody says, I think he's great. I think Justin Herbert is going to be a star in this league for a very long time. They have a coach that everybody's very high on because he goes for it and we got a philosophy and we've got an identity and this is how we play and we're aggressive and all of these things. If they don't go to the playoffs, it is a disaster for the Chargers. And you said, that's why I started laughing when you said it. The reason they won't go to the playoffs is because you couldn't beat the Houston Texans. The Houston Texans are a dreadful football team. You saw them yesterday against San Francisco. Trey Lance comes in only his second game in the or second start in the NFL. Trey Lance looked like Terry Bradshaw yesterday. He's just killing them. And it's be it's not because Trey Lance has developed into this great player all of a sudden. It's because the Houston Texans are that bad. You're going to lose because you said it out. What happened against Kansas City a couple weeks ago? What happened to Texans against the Texans two weeks ago? And then whatever happens against the Raiders in this final game, what a disaster of a season if they can't get it done. Because, look, they're, they're, they're scratching for relevancy, right? They're just barely holding on to any sort of fan base that they might have and to lay in it. This was a team that we all thought was a playoff team at the halfway point and that they got to go beat the Raiders in the last one. And, by the way, you're right. Both of these teams have a history of barfing on themselves. Mm-hmm. So who does it on the last? I don't know. We'll see. I can't wait to watch it. I, I don't know if I agree with that. The The disaster of a season if they don't make the playoffs. And I, I say that only because I don't know if my expectations were coming into the season that they're a lock to make the postseason. I, let's kind of put it in perspective. Herbert's in his second year. Um, now, if you're – if he's – I think by next season, now you're starting to say, okay, you, you win the postseason. It's it's the coach's first year with the franchise. I, I don't know about disaster because, they, listen, they, they got to win against the Chiefs this year. They won at Cincinnati. They were in a close game against the Patriots. They, it's not like the season has been awful, but I know what you're referring to. Wait a minute. Halfway through the season – you had one of the better records in the uh, in the NFL. Um, a couple weeks ago, you had a chance to beat the Chiefs. You blew that one, and then you followed it up with a loss to the Texans. I get the um, – you created expectations for yourself that you didn't live up to, but uh, disaster, I think, would be more a team that we thought would be competing for a Super Bowl and then is nowhere in the mix. When you saw the teams play early in the season, Monday Night Football, the Raiders and the Chargers, it looked like a mismatch. The Chargers looked like a far better team. And all the the, the, the Herbert thing is the part that they I did think definitely makes look it better. a disaster. Mm-hmm. Because there's no question that he's a great player, right? We, we talk about this all the time. If you're quarter, the, the two pieces you have to have right. The quarterback has to be right. The head coach has to be right. Everything else we can kind of work with some, some less than perfect situations. But those things need to be really, really good. They've got those taken care of. And, and I, I know that this isn't 
something that they talk about, that they think about, that they pretend, you know, we like it this way, that we're always on the road. Okay, sure, yeah, you do. But if it, it makes it so much easier for people like Alan Sleeva, for people like Travis Rogers to just go, come on, man, why, why would I talk about them? They don't do mm-hmm. anything. Mm-hmm. All they do is lose games. All they do, you know, they, they, they float around and pretend that they're kind of a playoff team. It's very easy to ignore them if they lose this game on Sunday night. It's I love. incredibly easy to ignore them. If they win, yeah. they, got, they, got, they got our attention. They're a playoff yep. team. There's only yep. 14 of them, right? You got our attention. You got a chance to maybe grab a fan here or there. You're not going to turn a Raider fan into a Charger fan, but you might have somebody that's kind of indifferent, and then you get them on your side. Not if you're not in the playoffs. I love the, the the fan bases coming into Sunday's game. You got the 49ers, right, the Bay Area versus the Los Angeles Rams. That's always just a fantastic rivalry. And then you got this Chargers-Raiders matchup. It really does kind of make for this weekend coming up is going to be fun, and uh, I appreciate them flexing the game because Lakers have a game at 630. So, you know, who didn't want to just kick back and watch a game? Can I tell you a secret? Yo, I hate the Rams game this weekend. I hate it. Yeah. I really hate it. The the every time I've thought that the Rams okay, this is yeah, the time like that it. they're gonna put it on the, the 49ers. Yeah. They've got to yep. be the 49ers just have that secret potion to beat them. I mm. I don't know if it's physical, I don't know if it's pace, I don't know if it's quick getting rid of the ball. I keep waiting for the Rams to look like the Rams against the uh the Niners and sure. they never do. And there's a lot on the line. If they lose that game mm-hmm. and Arizona wins, they go from two to five. Okay? And, and if they say they win Who's the Arizona game, got Seattle? Arizona's the got Seattle, Seattle game. Yeah, which you know we'll we'll, we'll see how that goes. But mm-hmm. I just this was in a game that's this important. I did not need to see the San Francisco 49ers as the opponent. Give me literally almost anyone else, and I'd feel pretty good about it. I don't love it this weekend. The dog. I, I I get. By the way, I get the whole you don't love it, but they they also. It's important for them, too. If they can win that game, you kind of go into the postseason also with some just uh, tremendous amount of confidence as well. I, I think it's a key one. I, I like that it's the Niners and not kind of a, a, a team that it has no relevance to it. I'll take the San Francisco, or the uh, New York Giants. Jacksonville instead. Jaguars. Give, give yeah. me Jacksonville. They look good. They only lost by 40 yesterday. That happens a lot in the NFL. Well done, Jacksonville. The dump. Coming up next, it's Travis Lee, 710 ESPN. So Bergman just uh, texted us, Al, saying that he binged all of Karate Kid or Cobra Kai or whatever Cobra it's, Kai, called. Bro. it's called. He says Cobra it's Kai. good. So I, I, I guess he's a he's a fan of the show. So I don't know if that counts or not. But he's he's all in. You ready? Um, I think so. Yeah, I think so. I think we should you know watch. What, I, what, can, what do you got going tonight? Uh, Lakers talk seven to eight. Okay. So, so afterwards, I can definitely binge watch. Let's do one. Let, let's both commit to watching one so we can have a little uh, Karate Kid breakdown tomorrow. Is that, does that work for you? I'll let you know. <laughs> All right. It was this day way back in 1989 when the Arsenio Hall show made its uh, debut on TV. Were you an Arsenio fan? Still uh, my favorite late-night show in the history of late-night shows. No, it's not. Um <laughs> Arsenio was okay. I think every time I saw him, I just was a hoo hoo. You know, <laughs> he you just, just wanted think to of that. That's pump. all you just think of. And he was so close with Magic that uh, I was like, oh, okay, well, there's a little Laker connection here. But no, I wasn't one to. I've always said my I, I was a big Conan O'Brien, David Letterman. Those were the two that I always always watched. The Arsenio show though was a bit of a game changer. It kind of changed the way that those shows were done. They'd been done the same way for I don't know 50 years. Yeah. And then he came in and kind of shook it up a little bit. Had a really good run along the way. Um, it was also 15 years ago today, Nick Saban got hired by the Alabama Crimson Tide. 
I, I don't. I mean, I'm sure that there's probably somewhere somebody else that I'm forgetting about. But has there ever been a better hire in the history of sports than Alabama hiring Nick Saban? They're about to go win another national championship potentially. They've been good, if not the best team in football every year he's been there. This is what you know about certain whether it's a, you know a university or it's an NFL team, an NBA team. When you have zero tie to that university and you hate them. Why do I hate Alabama? Right. Like, why, why do I hate Nick Saban in Alabama? I hate them because they're always successful, because I want to see another school beat them. I'm going to be cheering for Georgia and the Bulldogs <laughs> as if that's where I went to school and, uh, you know, I'm from the area. Uh, th- that's an ultimate sign of respect for another school or university or a franchise is when you hate a squad that you have absolutely no affiliation to. Did you see the post-game interview he did with Laura Rutledge after they beat Cincinnati? It was She asked him a couple of questions, and, and she did a good job, and he kind of answered them the way you would expect Nick Saban to answer them. And then she said something, and I'm paraphrasing here. I forget, but she goes, all right, I, I – I get I, I get the sense that I'm annoying you, so I'm gonna let you go right now. She was trying to make a joke, right? Because yeah, Nick yeah. Saban hates that stuff. And he and he kinda rolls his eyes like, Yeah, you kinda are. Thanks. Happy New Year, everybody. It was the most classic Nick Saban, just leave me alone. I need to get ready for Georgia. He couldn't even for five seconds enjoy the moment. No, nah, and listen, that's what uh that you know, that's what makes people like that they just Bro, they just care about getting results, and that's it. Nothing else matters in life. And some people might say, well, is that really how you want to live your life? He does. Like, there's certain people that that's – that's what makes them happy is being unhappy at the job that they spend 24 hours a day, seven days a week uh, worried about. Good news if you're an NBA fan. According to uh, Woj, there's optimism that Clay Thompson could make his mm-hmm. return against the Cavs on Sunday. Final dis- uh, decision expected towards the end of this week. But how nice it'll be to see Clay play again, Al? Yeah, so it, it, it's interesting because they were. If it's not this game, it wouldn't be their next home game. I don't think would be for another week or so. I think Michael was saying yesterday it would be like January 18th or something. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, listen, the the best team in the NBA is only getting better. And, you know, you hit on something a little bit earlier today talking about Lakers, late game execution, and how come they don't execute anything. You go watch the Warriors play some basketball, even a team like the Phoenix Suns. There's a few teams out there that just look like they're levels above what the Lakers are doing. And this is without Klay Thompson. And I think we sometimes it's easy to forget just how good of a player, two-way player, uh, two-way player he's been in the NBA. And hopefully as he comes back, he's healthier than, than he's ever been. January 3rd's a busy day. It was this day, 1983, Plinko appeared for the first time on Price is Right. I know that's your Price is Right go-to game. Yeah, yeah. that, that was the – when you're sick, when you were in, like, middle school <laughs> or high school, it made great opportunity for Saltine Crackers, 7-Up, and Price is Right. <laughs> I still like the mountain climber game the best, but Plinko is close. How do people find the pod, Salih? ESPN app or on iTunes, just search Travis and Slee. We'll catch the full three hours. If you don't grab it live, uh, catch it on the podcast. All right, Alan, I got you covered with everything tomorrow. Happy New Year, everybody. Welcome back to the show. We will see you tomorrow morning at 10.